Money isn't real. Doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. Obey your plank overlords. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of The Ruckus with Alex Himes. Today, I am happy to have another good buddy of mine on the program. And this guy has been making waves on the scene. I've watched him since day one from when we were back uh, doing videos on Sports Me. Throwback to that over a almost a year ago now. And here we are today. It's what, February? Almost, well, not even anymore. It's March of 2019. I go on Facebook and I see that this guy is doing doing the play-by-play -play of an IFL game. He'll take the snap, and he'll look left. B.J. Hill over the middle. No, he's going to get sacked in the end zone. Let's get it for two points. Let's call the safety. A quick handoff and space. Breaks a tackle from Powell and brings it all the way in. Half. He'll drop back here on third down. Throw into the end zone. Caught touchdown. Blizzard touchdown first of the year. One for 15. Here's the snap now to Ziemba. Flat to Lolly. It looks like he will get in. Main the quarterback. He'll take the snap. Look left initially. Now he's looking way downfield. Beach a hill wide open. Touchdown, Blizzard. And there he is again. Oh, it's a fake. And Ziemba will rush it in. He even faked me out. All by himself back there. He takes the snap. Looks over the middle. Heavy pressure. The ankle was picked. He's still got space and time up the right sideline. A hurdle for a touchdown. Read again to Lally. He's up and in for the touchdown. Another touchdown to make this a 36-14 game. Yards behind the center. Footman takes it back. Heavy pressure into the end zone, and it's caught for a touchdown. Is Reed. He'll hand it. Oh, he'll fake a handoff to Lally, who got decked in the backfield, but Reed will go to the end zone anyway. Here comes the handoff to Jabri Lally. He reaches for the end zone, and it's called a touchdown. Well, that'll do it from Green Bay. Your final score, 51-21. This good buddy of mine has the freaking coolest voice in the business, people. Don't be surprised if you see him doing NFL play-by-play -play when we're older, all right? And this man's name is Alex Strofe. Alex, welcome to the show, man. Well, Alex, thanks for uh, thanks for bundling me up. That was that was really nice. <laughs> uh, thanks for thanks for having me. Always happy to have a chat with you. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy to see. Like, we were. We talked briefly at the start of last year when, you know, we were doing Sports Me stuff. And then uh, we got to really talking and knowing each other like the oh, last like two months or so, I'd say, like at the start of this year. And here you are now. You're doing game by game reporting like how crazy is it just to see where like, all right, for me being outside, I'm sure it's crazy to you being the person right in the dead center of it, but right. like going from where you were to where you are now in that short period of time, like, let me tell you, man, from first uh, ESPN's uh, first take your take being on there to doing play by play reporting, like it's night and day, man. I'm so happy to see that this is where things are going for you right now. That's, that's how I want to start this off. Well, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's always, and you know this as well as I do, it's, it's always a constant grind no matter where you are. And, and you do a little bit of both in front of the camera, behind the camera, editing, whatever. I mean, it is, it is a constant grind and it's constant growth. And it's, it's just like as if you're playing a sport, it, it, it's constant reps. And that's how you get better is developing and and uh, and practicing, et cetera. If it's sitting in front of your television and muting the game and doing the play-by-play -play of Sunday night football game, uh, I, I mean, that's how I started when I was eight years old. I mean, I've always known I wanted to do something like this. So, 
um, yeah, I mean, as a 20-year-old college kid, I mean, obviously it's awesome to be the youngest voice in the IFL um, and to kind of gain traction after only one game um, with, with the following is it, super cool. Uh, even in the, even in a smaller league, it's still uh, awesome publicity. I mean, it still has a following, but I mean, in comparison to the NFL, obviously, uh, not not quite that mass uh, that that mass size. But no, it's still really really cool. I mean, I, I'm honored to have every opportunity I get. Um, and and to get the call to do this, I mean that is that was uh, one of the biggest moments, if not the biggest moment of my my small short career, <laughs> record, you know, but, but definitely one of the biggest of uh, of the career so far. The beginnings, the very beginnings of this exactly. long career with a high trajectory. So I got to ask, man, like you know, people have their connections. That's how they get involved in X industries. I didn't know that you were connected to the IFL. Now, I, I don't know what the connection might be, but I, I just got to know, like, how did this whole thing start? How did you end up getting connected and find the IFL? So it's going to be uh, a, a little bit of cliche and a little bit of I'm lucky as hell. Um, so, uh, so I actually covered the Green Bay Blizzard have been around for, for quite some time. I, mean, I, I remember going to the games as a kid. I'm from Green Bay. Yeah, they, um, they, they were founded they were in 2003, right? Yeah, a, a long time ago, uh, about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, whatever that was. I think it was 03. I think you're right. Good research. Good job. On it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, they were, they've bounced around different leagues. They've been in the IFL since, I believe, its inception in 2013. Uh, they were in the AF2. Um, and I went to the games with, with my dad and my brother when I was younger. And then uh, when I started getting into media, um, I founded a website called All Wisconsin Athletics. And uh, I was credentialed with the team at, at 15 years old, so I literally had my parents drop me off at the game to go uh, to go cover it and interview players and write about it. Um, I stopped covering it when the, the site ultimately shut down operation back. Uh, I was I was 16 or 17, um, so it's been it's been three or four years since, or I think probably four or five years actually since I've covered the team. Um, and you know what? I, this is gonna here's the cliche part. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, you know, I made it my goal to just pursue. Um, my word of the year was pursuit, and that is just pursue any opportunity. Um, That's the truth. So, uh, so about a couple days into the new year, maybe I, I want to say January 4th through 6th, somewhere in that range, it was the first week of the new year, um, I just shot an email to the general email contact of that Blizzard and said, hey, um, you know, here's my demo reel. Uh, I'm a local kid. I, I I think I'm pretty good at what I do, and uh, I, I was wondering if you had any openings. And I got an email back in about four minutes and said, "Hey, are you available for an interview on Friday?" <laughs> so there's there's the part where I'm lucky as hell. Um, so Friday came. I went and sat down uh, with the two guys, Joe Carlson and Ryan Hobson, two of the front office people with the Green Bay Blizzard, and uh, we talked for about 40 minutes. And at the end of the 40 minutes, they go. Okay, yeah, you're perfect for this job. Um, here's what we're going to offer you, and here's kind of a little twist, a uh, little uh, almost uh, almost nostalgia for me. Um, I'm paired up on color commentary with a 15 year old kid, um, <laughs> a high school kid who's who's enjoyed the blizzard for the last couple of years. He's helped them out from an intern aspect before. Um, so a kid that doesn't have his driver's license is doing color commentary next to me. So um, funny so how things work out, right? The, yeah, exactly. It's it's it's. Uh, the circle of life, I guess, in a sense. So no, it was uh, it was neat, and like I said, I've only got one game under my belt, but I mean, uh, uh, definitely an awesome opportunity so far. 
So this job seems like it's the start of like a super big career move for you. Like, like, as you mentioned, you know, you want to just make this year the year pursuit, you know, I get that yeah. from a personal perspective you know, we're all trying to grind everyone, including a shout out to the guys from the Megacast group on Facebook. Those guys are all about grinding, putting work out there and making sure that it's seen by the masses and trying to get things going. And I got to tell yeah. you, like as someone that's watched your stuff for a while and it's like very much uh, reflected by the response that you personally get is you have the voice for game uh, for uh, color commentary. You have the voice for play by play. Like this is a fan involved sport and fans, I can tell, are receptive to how you describe the game, the way you express certain plays, the way you articulate the game. You know what? So with that said, like what's been your favorite part so far of having this experience? Of having this gig, uh, particularly, I think uh, again, it's just uh, it's just the way things are run in the IFL, and, uh, and I'm not just saying this because uh, I'm a part of the league now. I, it's, it's really not that at all. I mean, I, I really like how they do it. All their games are streamed live on Facebook, um, which is, or excuse me, on YouTube rather, which I think is really cool. Um, so you don't have to pay a subscription. You don't if, if you're not there. Uh, you can sit on your laptop, which is what I did this weekend. I didn't have a call this weekend, so I sat down and watched all three games on Sunday on YouTube, and I uh, interacted with fans. And um, and I think that's the cool part. You know, you have somewhere around a thousand to two thousand people watching a game at a time, and if you're the guy on the call, if you just have your laptop open and you participate in the chat a little bit, uh, people like that. And I think interaction is so important, and that's something I've preached since I started. This is the world we're in now is interaction is so freaking important. And, yeah. Uh, People like that small thing. So I think the interaction is with the casual IFL fan. And again, obviously, this isn't the size of the NFL or maybe even the AAF was at least we won. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's it's super cool. And the one game I did, we we actually happened to face. You know, from a fan base standpoint, probably the biggest team in the league in the Arizona Rattlers. Um, so they had watch parties going on at bars in Phoenix. They had, uh, you know, they had. Uh, a bunch of fans, obviously, watching their team from Phoenix take on the team in Green Bay. And uh, the Rattlers, fun fact for you, just had their home opener uh, yesterday on Sunday. And uh, David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals was there. Um, so <laughs> I think it's cool to see different people kind of coming around arena football, uh, which is obviously a lot different than uh, than outdoor NFL-type football or even AAF-type football. But it's still cool to see that, that it does have a niche and that people – do enjoy it because when you see a guy bust through uh, a wall just to make a catch or fly over a wall just to make a catch, there's something special about that that you don't get in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I think just just the difference of the games and being able to be around something that has its own niche is something that's always interested me. And you've known me for a short time, but I know you know that uh, I do indeed love Anything that has its own niche and anything that is that is special in its own way, I love to be a part of that. And um, you know, when you reference the Megacast, that's another thing where, where it's got a, it's got its niche, and I think it's really cool to be a part of. So uh, anything like that, you can probably count me in. And I think that's probably uh, been my been my favorite part of the IFL experience thus far. I mean, I know that wasn't probably the best answer, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, at least it was descriptive enough and colorful. I mean, it makes sense, right. like, you know, uh, being able to experience something that is very different than the norm, but it's almost similar enough to the norm in that, like, although the right, exactly. IFL is indoor and it's slightly different than the NFL rules and whatnot, it's still the same premise. It's football. Yeah, 
at the end of the day, you know. Exactly. So it's cool to see yeah, its own well take said. on things. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, you look at a 50-yard field and with walls around it. I mean, it looks more like a hockey rink than it does. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these teams do play on hockey rinks. Uh, I mean, the Green Bay, the Green Bay Blizzard do. They share the. Uh, they share their their arena with a local hockey team and also the the, the UW Green Bay basketball team. So I mean, um, so it it is pretty cool to, to to see the differences. But again, yeah, at the end of the day, the premise is football, and they, they do stick to that. So your team right now, I gotta say, the Blizzard. I've done my research on them. Of course, you got to do it going into these interviews and. Man, they've had three IFL appearances and no conference finals matchups since joining the IFL. So, yeah. as someone that's joined the team, as someone that's watched the team for years, what, to you, is the team's biggest issue or weakness? Uh, so, so, from an overall standpoint, I think it's been, you know, I, I don't want to say lack of recruiting because we do have really good recruiters and we get solid players that were good at D1 colleges. Um, you know, we've got we've got guys from Clemson this year that are better on the squad. So I mean, uh, Chicago Johnson being one of them. Yep. Um, so I mean, we, we have names that were solid. We have former national champions. We have guys that played in big bowl games that that actually played. Not only were on the team, but played in big time games. Um, so I don't know if there if you can put a finger on it. I mean, is, is it a monetary issue? Because, I mean, other teams obviously bring in more money and can offer bigger salaries. Maybe that's it. Um, but, you know, this year, and a lot of people, both fandom and within the organization this year, have said to me, you know, in the last five years, this is this is the most excited we've been from the football aspect. Um, because, you know, the last couple of years, this team has won three or less games all five seasons. So a lot of coaching changes. Um, it seems like they finally got a solid coach and Corey Roberson that, that's going to actually make it through the full season. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I remember when I reported on this team, they were they were uh, without a win through I think eight of the fourteen weeks, and uh, uh, I called um, I called the front office to ask for an interview with the coach, and I was informed that the coach had been let go literally five minutes before I called. So oh, funny timing, so that, right? That was actually the. Yeah, and that was actually, I mean, I was 15 at the time. I was in my English class, but we didn't have anything to do in high school. My, whatever that would have been, my sophomore year or freshman year of high school. And that was the first kind of, I don't want to say big story, but that was the first story I ever broke. So, um, yeah, I mean, the surrounding this team has been a lot of adversity and issues. But I think, you know, this team got their first win of the year in week two. Um, so that was just on yeah. Friday that this team got their first win of the year. And it was, it was in March, which is pretty... Uh, has been incredibly uncommon for this team. So um, hopefully they can keep the momentum going. Obviously they had a tough week one draw against a really tough Arizona team, but um, we'll see. I, 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 don't, I can't place my finger on any particular issues uh, this season because obviously the majority is a brand-new team. Uh, the coaching staff's in the first new season. Um, so, so we will see. Uh, at this point, I don't see any, any huge issues, but overall I think from the, the long-term aspect it's been – it's been both coaching. It's been uh, obviously recruiting isn't easy uh, uh, in regards to the problems I alluded to a minute ago. Um, so again, we'll see as the season winds on. I think this might be a new year. This is, and I was reading some of the YouTube chats I mentioned earlier yesterday, and it, people are already concluding that the Blizzard could very well be a playoff team this year, which is uh, which would be huge both for the community aspect and uh, and the team aspect, just to get some momentum behind them. All right, then this leads me to what would be the most obvious final question for you. So 
Team's already one and one this season. Like you said, they got their first win, and that makes a big difference. It's important. Well, yep. what do you think is going to be if you're going to get out your crystal ball, dust it off, look inside, and say, tell me how many wins that my team is going to get? What's the record by the end of oh, the season? Um, you know, it's tough. They, they have they have an interesting schedule, and it's, it's a couple of games against teams that, that uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of yet. So, uh, totally ballpark guess. Um, I'll go eight. Uh, I mean, that would be huge. Uh, that, that's, that's pretty that, good. That, that is pretty good, and I think that's good enough for a playoff spot as well. So, um, I'll say eight. Maybe it's because I'm biased. You know, I grew up a fan, and now I'm working for the team. Um, I'll go eight. We'll see. Um, I could be totally wrong. It could be another three-win year, or maybe they surprise us all and we're nine or ten or even, which that would be absolutely un- unheard of. But it's cherry on um, the cake at least from the Blizzard standpoint. But uh, I'll go eight. I'll go eight. All right. Eight's final good record. All right. Well, I got to say, you know, I'm hoping for your blizzard. I got to give them a little bit of respect. You know, I'm always appreciative. I'm I'm that stereotypical sports fan in the sense that, you know, the underdog story is always one that gets to me and I want them to do well. So I'm going to root for your blizzard for you. And you know what? Because we're here, I'm going to throw you one question right off the bat. This is not IFL related, although I do appreciate coming on to talk about the IFL. I got a question for you about the NFL and your NFL team. Yeah. All right. So we've heard rumors on numerous shows that have linked Antonio Brown and even Le'Veon Bell to the Packers. There's so many teams that are going to throw their hats in the race to get either one of these guys. And it seems like the Steelers are going to do everything at this point to move at least one, if not both of these guys. I'm pretty sure if they they're all in on moving a B at this point, I think Le'Veon is one of those situations where if they move one and things slightly change for the other, they can maybe convince him. But I think he's good to go at this point. So in your opinion, do you think the Packers have a shot at landing one of those two players? And if so, who? Um, you know, I never want to count out the Packers. You know, it's only year two of a new management. Uh, they made waves last year. You know, the biggest move probably being the, the opposite of an addition, that being a subtraction when they cut Jordy Nelson. Yep. Um, so, uh, and obviously they signed guys like Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson last year. So I never want to count anything out. Um, you know, Antonio Brown's asking price right now is low. Um, however, I don't see the Packers pursuing either one super hard. I imagine if they, they might throw, you know, say, hey, we'll give you a third round pick for Antonio Brown and see if it lands. Um, and, and, you know, that's really what Brown's good for right now. I don't think he goes for a first round pick because it's kind of already a foregone conclusion he's he's gone. But just with the, the way he expects guaranteed money right off the bat, um, I don't think the Packers are going to want that. Um, and Le'Veon Bell, I mean, it, it, it's a different situation where he gets to pick where he goes. So, um, we'll see. I, I don't think so. I think I think they're comfortable with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams at the back. Um, and obviously, they already have a number one guy, Devontae Adams, at wideout. So um, I don't think it's the number one priority. I think uh, a guy like Landon Collins is more of a priority for the Packers right now. Um, see, so, I agree know, with you. My confidence. I agree with right, you on all no, this. Right. Yeah, so my confidence, you know, on a scale from 1 to 10 of them getting either one of those guys, I'd go with a 3 or a 4. Uh, I'm not super confident, but I'm also not entirely pessimistic. Um, I think it's totally realistic that they land one of the two guys. I, I mean, they seem like a team that could definitely use any firepower they could because Aaron Rodgers is entering the decline. Yep. Well, he's already in the decline. 
Um, so we'll see. See, that's the thing. I, I keep seeing news reports, all right? And this goes back to what everyone in the media talks about, that the media helps to create these, like, narratives and these stories of linking players to X teams, and then hopefully it turns into something, but it never actually moved fat farther than being a news story or a hypothetical fantasy idea, right? Like, we hear right. the, about the concept of them landing one of the two of those guys. I hear it all the time through Stephen A. Smith's mouth on First Take. I hear it on the, his show. I hear it on uh, numerous other shows. And it's like, you know, they're in particular with the Packers. The only reason they have to try and go after one of those guys is to say to Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, look, we got you a big name star, someone that is known in the league, someone that is respected and you can do something with them. But other than that, you know, the Packers, like you mentioned, are pretty set. Like if there's anything to focus on to go after and really spend your money on and go after grade A talent, it's other positions because wideouts already set, backs already set. You know, you want to start bolstering things in other areas so that Rodgers, like you mentioned, who is on the decline, whether it's because of the injury aspect of things or age or a mixture of both, which I think it is. You know, it's. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the mixture of both, definitely. Yeah, no, no, you're making a good point. It's other positions are needy. I mean, uh, two two young running backs, one of which uh, I think he went the league in yards per carry in Aaron Jones. Yeah, uh, Devontae Adams is coming off the best year of his career, and, and they've got two guys they drafted last year, and uh, and and some fun names: Equinemius St. Brown being yes. one of them. That's a fun name. <laughs> and uh, Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantling, the other one. So you said that um, better than I, think I could. They're okay at the wideout position. Uh, they could make one acquisition. I really, I think they could pick up a guy. You know, John Ross from the Bengals seems like he's on the table. They need yep. a guy to fit in a flex because it's, it, it seems like Randall Cobb will be walking. Um, at this point. So they could use another flex guy. Um, but other than that, you know, offensively, uh, built through the draft right now. I mean, Robert Tanyan, who was the third string or even fourth string tight end last year, has been working with George Kittle of uh, the 49ers Oof. to see how he can become, you know, a record-breaking tight end. Somehow um, that man he, did it. Right, exactly. Somehow, somehow with, with that 49ers team. Um, and speaking of the 49ers, I think that's the, the most realistic spot for Antonio Brown right now. And I know that's kind of been the team that's been in there since day one. Yeah. Um, is Antonio Brown. Or for, the, for Antonio Brown is the 49ers. And Le'Veon Bell, I think I'm finally on the bandwagon. I think we see him in Baltimore. I think we see him in purple, especially after seeing the Ravens cut Alex Collins. And I know that was a law issue rather than a football issue. But um, it makes sense. But I do... Uh, I see Le'Veon Bell going to the rival team. I really do. I think he becomes a, a, a Raven. So those are my picks. Um, but if one of them lands with the Packers, I don't think I'll complain too much, especially if it's Bell on a short-term deal, but we'll see. Fair enough. All right. My buddy, Strofman, thank you for making a uh, making time out of your day to come on the show. I really do appreciate it, bro. Definitely. And it means a lot seeing that you're doing well and that you're on the come up. I'm loving these IFL games. Guys, do yourself a favor and check out the Green Bay Blizzard and the IFL because this guy, Strofman, is taking over the waves of the IFL, giving some of the best play-by-play I've heard. And that's not me buttering him up because I'm a good buddy of his, but that's because I genuinely believe it. And if you listen to a game, it's going to be one of those things where you're like, all right, time to go watch another one. So, Strofman, thank you for coming on. Guys, don't forget to check out his Instagram. Do you want to give him the DM name? 
sure. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Alex Strofe, and then on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe because that Alex Strofe is hack. That's a whole other story. But I, <laughs> I think I need to come on more often for all these compliments, man. I, my email has never been boosted this high in a period of 30 minutes or less. So uh, I appreciate all the kind words. You keep killing it, and uh, thanks for having me. All right, bro. Have a good one, guys, and thank you again for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to check out all the other great content at Alexander Himes on YouTube, at Alexander Himes on Facebook, Hi, Alexander underscore Himes on Twitter for the same reason Strofeman had. I don't know why Alexander Himes on Twitter wasn't free, but the underscore is there. And also at Himes World on Instagram. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you next week on The Ruckus. Money isn't real. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does.